Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And today we're going to be talking about uh, Armin sees people in the gym making uh, mistakes in the gym. So we're going to talk about that. And also, you know, a lot of people think margarine is really good for you. We're going to talk about why margarine is not good for you as grass-fed butter. You know, now we've talked about grass-fed butter a lot really good but we're going to talk about that and uh you know armin bringing up some great content for today's show and you know mistakes in the gym i'm sure it probably drives you crazy because you've been doing it for so long you know the proper technique and the way that people should do things so they don't get hurt and they can also get the maximum results for their work but it's a very interesting topic. So what made you decide to talk about this one today? Well, to me, it's it's pretty amazing what I see people uh, doing in the gym. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, they really think that it's going to help them with their, their training goals. And you just like, you're just trying to figure out, okay, where are they coming from? And the other thing is, is when people are doing things like that, other people don't know any better. And they right. think, well, I'll just do what that person's doing. That looks kind of cool. Or that looks a little bit, it looks unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because i'm gonna give you some examples but i mean it's just it's just not good and so what we want to talk about is okay things to be aware of and you know so i i don't know because we have a pretty advanced um, group of uh, uh, people that watch the show you know, there should be some takeaways on this just just for your your own personal information but um you know it, it is unfortunately a, a big big problem when it comes mm-hmm. to what people are doing. So I just want to kind of hit that and, uh, you know, bring it to other people's attention so that, um, you know, because I'm sure they're seeing it too. And they're trying to figure out well, right. what's going on with that. So this could be a wake up call for some people then, right? It could be. I mean, it just depends on how advanced they are. Um, but, you know, I do see people that uh, you would think they'd be pretty knowledgeable uh, making uh, and, Again, in my view, they're mistakes. Okay, maybe in other people's view, they may not be mistakes. But mm-hmm. you know, I've done I've done about everything the hard way you could probably do, and I'm still continuing to do things. You know, mm-hmm. most likely the hard way. So, you know, what I want to do is kind of address some of the things I'm seeing repeatedly, over right. and over and over, and just because people may not understand, um, you know, what those things are. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing that I thought of from going to the gym is. You know, you see people, um, whatever exercise it is, and whether it's either dead weight, barbells, or a machine, they just grab it and do it as fast as they can (laughs) without any form or anything, just like to pump it out as fast as they can and slam it down and go to the next thing. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're going to hurt yourself is the first thing I think of. But anyway, that's what I thought of. But where do you want to start, Armin? Uh, that's a good one because that's a real common <laughs> one as well. So, okay. like, for example, when people are coming in and they're doing, 
you know, more than 10 minutes of cardio. So if you got people doing like 30 minutes of cardio uh, um, or, or longer, and then they go to weight training, okay? What they don't understand is you're burning off the quality glucose that you need to have the energy to lift the weights. So that's counterproductive. And also you're, you're really tearing the body down more than you need to by doing that. So mm-hmm. it's not beneficial. I mean, I, you know, I recommend doing a warm up, but like five to 10 minutes uh, with some cardio, just to heat the body up, okay. but don't be doing that for 30 or 40 minutes or longer before you weight train it. That's counterproductive. And there's, right. there's plenty of, um, you know, things that would plenty of research that would agree with that, but it's, mm-hmm. it's also kind of, it's kind of common sense. Okay. So, so another one, uh, would mm-hmm. be not doing any warm up. I see people come in. And just go right to their first exercise and just start start doing it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so I can I can kind of understand if you're in a hurry, uh, but at the same time, that's that's where you're gonna get an injury because you're gonna keep doing that the same way. And I've seen I've seen it happen multiple times because as they get stronger, they start you know, they, don't, they warm up a little bit. Then, um, well, in other words, they don't already they don't do very many warm up sets, and they're trying to use the, the, the maximum weight they can mm-hmm. and that's where you start getting into problems. You, know, you need to warm up the body to get the tissues heated up so you got blood flow. And this helps with the joints. Okay. You need to get the get the fluid into the joints so that you're not going to have a potential to strain something or the uh, you know the ligaments are or the, the ligaments are kind of tight and you're moving around too quickly, then yeah, you're you're gonna shift the ligament out of the slot and then you're gonna potentially get a problem. So mm-hmm. it's really uh something people need to be understanding uh, and, and avoid. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I know that you see these things all the time. So those, what are the top two? Well, yeah. So then uh, another one would be, you know, they, they start off their training with an isolation exercise. Okay. Uh, or they're going to train one limb at a time. Okay. What the reason that that does not make sense is you need to warm up the whole area of the muscle group you're training. So if you're training chest and you start out mm-hmm. with doing fly, you start out with flies or pec deck, you're, you don't have the whole area warmed up enough. So you're going to, again, be susceptible to an injury, especially if you start using heavier weight. Hmm. So okay. my preference is, is you do a compound exercise just to warm up. Okay. You can still do isolation, but you do a compound exercise to warm up. Then that way, when you go to your isolation, okay, now you're, you're, you're less likely to have an injury. You can use heavier weight. You're, you're better prepared. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the thing. And, but, and then people coming in and doing one limb at a time, that, that doesn't make sense either. Because what happens is, is you need to be working both on, you need to be working both limbs at the same time because you need the central nervous system to accommodate that, okay? One limit at a time is only for different reasons of isolation. Let's say you had one, you know, let's say your arm was a little bit bigger, one arm was bigger than the other. Okay. That would be a good reason to do an isolation exercise at that point to kind of bring it up. But you would do that at the end. You wouldn't do it at the beginning. Right. So, right. you know, working one limit at a time, I think you only do that for, you know, an area that you're trying to focus on a little bit more, but not right out of the box. Right. Okay, because you're not going to get the kind of result you're looking for. Okay. And then another one, which is the most common uh, all over, is just people doing straight sets and they rest 
for one to five minutes and then do another set or they're on their phone, you know, they're doing that messaging and doing this stuff in between each set, you know, you're just spinning your wheels because there's too much time in between. You're not going to mm-hmm. stimulate muscle fiber. So, you know, the problem is you're just not going to get good results if you're doing these kind of strategies. And when people don't get results, they get frustrated and then they, they don't feel what they're, they don't feel like they're going to make any progress, which is true. They're not going to make much progress. They'll make some, but not much. Right, right. Well, you know, um, with a lot of the gyms are more of a dating arena, you know, for some <laughs> folks than right well, to go in there too. to work out, right? So you name four things. What are some other things that maybe you could bring up that uh, might cause some problems? Well, another big one is everybody's walking around with these uh, energy drinks uh, <laughs> or sugary drinks. Uh, thinking mm-hmm. that they, they need that to keep their energy up when they're training. Uh, and that's just not necessary. I mean, mm-hmm. you have glucose already stored in your muscles. You want to use that up. And unless you're, if you're doing an endurance event, well, that may require having some, an energy right, drink of right. some type. And, you know, we're not talking about energy drinks with, you know, a bunch of caffeine and stuff. I'm talking about just whatever kind of workout drinks that they're using that have sugar in them or carbohydrates. Now you're going to have insulin floating around. So that's not helping you. Uh, when you need, you need your hormones to activate, you don't want insulin to be competing competing on the receptor mm-hmm. sites of the cells. Um, you don't need the hormones to compete with that because you're having you have an insulin elevated. So it's not it's not being productive. And that's the thing that I don't think people realize. They think, well, I need it for energy. No, mm-hmm. it's, that's not helping your hormonal system to do the work because the hormones are what activate when you're training. That's what you want them to do, and then you want to be breaking down the muscle. So Okay. <laughs> That's another Absolutely. One. Absolutely. Uh, then another one is just, you know, not doing a full range of motion, poor form and too heavy a weight. That's just, you see that one. all Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I mean, too heavy sure and really yeah. straining, right? Really straining. And, uh, I always worry about like that. It's not how much weight, don't get me wrong, but but if if it's at the point to where you can barely even handle the weight, then you're not really getting a good workout out of that. I mean, you're well, going to get hurt. You're gonna, yeah, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like when I see people with the, that weight's too heavy and they're starting to shift around, you know, to move the weight, and mm-hmm. now you're asking for it. You're going to, you're putting undue pressure in different areas of the, of the body that's going to cause it to overcompensate. And you're going to get an injury or you're going to get some yeah. kind of muscle tightness, which is going to lead to an injury. So, yeah, you need to do a full range of motion. So you develop the entire part of the muscle. When you see people doing push downs and they're only coming, you know, partway up, they got their arms way out in front. Mm-hmm. They're not really activating the triceps. You know, you need to you need to look at that movement biomechanically to make sure it's sound. And don't get caught up on how much weight you're using. You'll get stronger quicker. A lot of these people, they get kind of caught up with how much weight they're using because they want to be close to whatever what they see other people doing. And that's mm-hmm. where these things stem from is watching other people. So that's what I, I kind of want to highlight that. Uh, you know, poor form, that's just because, because they don't even understand anything that they're doing uh, on that level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one you mentioned is doing the exercise way too fast. I mean, <laughs> right. uh, you know, you're not really working the muscle. You're, just, you're, you're getting momentum back and forth, and that's going to cause joint problems. And, and uh, elbow, shoulder, you know, you're, you've got too much momentum and that's just going to cause problems because it, it's just affects the joint too much, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you're coming down fast and going up 
come down fast and trying to push it up fast. You get that momentum coming down, look out. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a huge problem for people. I mean, I see people doing leg extension, basically throwing their legs up doing leg extensions. Yeah. That's not an exercise that you want to be throwing the leg up with. And this could be something a lot of you know, the people listening, if you're doing leg extensions real fast, you're missing the whole point. Because you want to do a leg extension, you come up and you contract and hold, flex the muscle, because that's the way the boom is designed to be done. Slowly lower it and come back up. You'll fatigue your muscle so much faster with that, and you're ever going to do just swinging, you know, moving up and down fast. I mean, it's just it, you're wasting your time. You're not activating any tissue. Right. So that's another one. Well, Armin, don't you think too that a lot of this is caused by, as you mentioned, people looking at other people. And trying yeah. to do it the way that they think that they're doing it could be the right way when they're not doing it the right way. So you're learning bad habits by watching people with bad habits. Yeah, and that's my point is, you know, if you're in the gym, you're seeing people do stuff, you got to kind of ignore that and, you know, do your thing and understand what you're doing. Because you're gonna, if you do it the right way, you're going to get better results. And mm-hmm. that's what it's all about anyways. I mean, you can get entertained, I guess, because some of these people are entertaining, but at the same time. Uh, you're in there for a reason. So mm-hmm. that's one of the things that Vince Carano was always emphatic about is good form, do it right. And if somebody wasn't doing it right and they, he, he tried to correct him, they didn't correct it. He just threw him out of the gym. Like, Here, here's your money. You're out of here. I mean, mm-hmm. I got to agree. That would be the best way to make sure you're getting people the right results to what they want to, because you're not letting right. other people, because when somebody's doing something totally different than what Vince had taught, it's going to throw other people off. Like, Hey, what's this guy doing? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's only going to answer that question once or twice. He's like, okay, I don't have time for this guy. I got to get him the hell out of here. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Pretty interesting. All right. So what are some other things, Armin? Uh, another one is, you know, a lot of people don't train with very much intensity. You know, they just hmm. do a set. You could tell that they've got probably three or four more in the tank, but they stop, you know, they're, they're doing the three sets of 10. Right. You know, right. Three, two or three sets of 12 and you can see them doing it, but uh, you you know, they're not really straining much or they're not really mm-hmm. focused on it. They're just kind of moving it back and forth, um, just taking their time and then move mm-hmm. to the next exercise or rest and just repeat the same thing. So you're not really breaking down much muscle. So you're not going to get a lot of results. You'll get some, but it won't be a lot. So right, you have right. to train with the intensity is what builds muscle. You need to remember that. So if you're training, you always got two or three in the tank, that might be good to warm up. And that's fine with warming up. But when you want to get some results, you got to get it close to muscular failure. So maybe you're leaving mm-hmm. one in the tank, something like that. So, and I found that makes a huge difference. But most mm-hmm. people, when they're, they don't even like, so they don't like soreness. And so if you don't like soreness, then they're not going to push themselves. So that's a huge one. It's just not much intensity. Gotcha. Then, Another one is you're watching people do ab work or side bends, you know, back and forth, and they got belly fat all around them. You know, you're not doing anything there, okay, because Mm -hmm. you have all this fat around there, so you're not going to get much muscle movement, okay? You need to diet the fat off, and when that happens, then you can work the muscle, and you actually get something out of it because you have a full range of motion. You can see the muscle working, but you have this big layer of fat. You're not going to burn that off just by you know, working it like that. That's right. nutrition and, you know, and nutrition the right way. That's how you're going to get there. But I mean, the people, the amount of people I see do side bends back and forth, 
you know, going side to side, it's just horrendous. And you, you, they can feel it. So like, oh, well, I must be getting something out of it. It's an absolute waste of time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to me. And then people are doing front lateral raises, you know, they're moving their arms up and down in the front. That's a waste of time. I mean, that's, that's doing a very small portion of your shoulder. And when you do pressing movements, it's working that front area anyways. So why are you spending time? And I see this all the time. Why are you spending time doing those exercises? Side bends, mm-hmm. front line raises. I have a guy that's in the gym that we that I go to. He does those every day. Every day he does the same movements. And I'm just like, oh my God. That's just. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So another one would be, you see people doing incline presses. Most of them have the incline bench way too high. So all they're really working is their shoulders. They're not working the upper part of the pec line. And this is a real common one because uh, you only need a small elevation to get that upper pec line. You know, typically a 30 degree, no more than 30 degrees, really. 45 mm-hmm. is actually a little too high. So you just move the bench up one notch on an adjustable bench. One notch is all you need. you got all the incline you need to work your, your upper chest. So okay. I see people that have it cranked all the way up and all they're really working is their shoulders to get very little upper chest. Mm-hmm. And then wow. the other one, like I just mentioned, is they do the same workout every time they train. They don't deviate from it at all. <laughs> right. All right. So for those people that are doing the same workout or a lot of these other things, what would you suggest for these folks? So first of all, they have to recognize that it's not working, that they need to have a better strategy with what they're mm-hmm. doing if they want to get the results. So they, they right. should really invest in themselves and hire a good coach or trainer and, you know, get, do some research on the trainer, make sure they know what they're doing. Cause unfortunately there's a lot of, there's not a lot of good trainers either. So right. you, know, you, you got to watch out for that. Cause I've seen this happen where you see a trainer working with a new client and they got to do the stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Uh, and you're like, oh my God, why is, why is this person doing that? Because they don't have the knowledge. They don't, they don't quite understand it yet. So this takes mm-hmm. time. So you, you need to research what coach you're going to use and what trainer you're going to use. Okay. And then that person should be starting these people out with the fundamentals because that's what you need to understand first. Okay. And then they, then they'll start to see better results and they'll get a better understanding of what they need to do. And then they can start to change it up from there. But, mm-hmm. you know, when people don't get that kind of guidance and they get frustrated, it, you know, they don't have the, they don't have the results they're looking for. And then mm-hmm. they just, they tend to tend to quit. And that's what we're trying to help here is, you know, understand if you want to be successful, get, get with somebody that can help you be successful. Now you can do the social, you can do the media stuff, social media and listen to that. Mm-hmm. That, that could, that can help, but also research a little bit about what the reasoning behind what the people are doing. So that could be another way you could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, a real simple thing, hell, they would all benefit if they just did the NSP uh, 21 day challenge because that's a great yeah. start because that teaches you nutrition and it teaches mm-hmm. you training in a very simplified manner. And it teaches you intensity because the way the events ramps it up each week. So mm-hmm. that's a whole nother, whole nother element to it. <laughs> well, Armin, you've been doing this for quite a long time. Um, what are some mistakes that you see a lot of people from like medium to advanced training? So not a beginner, but you know, somebody who's been doing this for a while, you see them making mistakes. What kind of mistakes you see them, uh, 
What kind of mistakes do you see those folks making? Well, in my opinion, okay, because these are my thoughts on it. Um, mm-hmm. Most of them are, are they're training way too long. They're doing an hour, hour and a half of training. And again, you're only breaking, you can only break down so much muscle. And then after mm-hmm. that, you're, you're getting to the point of no return. And you okay. end up losing your pump. You lose your pump anyways if you go way too long. But they think that they have to do all this volume to get the result. And that's probably the most challenging thing I see is that they're just in there for so long. And some of it has to do with how slow they're training. They're just taking a lot of breaks in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's probably why they are training longer because, you know, you take too much time in between. You're going to lose the pump. You're going to lose the, the stimulation to the muscle. And that's another thing that Vince wanted to make sure people understood. Keep your intensity high and work hard and fast, just like a sprinter. The way sprinters train, they have to do burst work, okay? And that's what develops quality muscle is doing that. You don't, it's not long and steady. Is That's a marathon runner or a triathlete. That's the effect you're going to get by training way too long. You're, you're not going to get the kind of results that you're shooting for. Mm-hmm. The other one would be, you, you see guys that are pretty experienced, but they're just using way too much weight. Um, now, they're probably trying to see what they can do. I get that. But when you're using way too much weight, you're going to be really successful to an injury. And then once you get mm-hmm. injured, because this happens to a lot of guys that, that are intermediate and advanced, once they get injured, they you got to take time off. you got to reset everything and wait for it to clear up. Right. Injuries are what slow down everybody's progress. So you want to make sure you use intensity but don't injure yourself. So you need to have a mm-hmm. good strategy on how to incrementally change the resistance that you're using so that you, you're getting the best, best of both worlds. You're stimulating the muscle fiber and you're also um, you know, putting a lot of pressure on it with good blood flow. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, another one is uh, they're moving the weight too fast because they're, they're into how much weight right. they can use. Okay? And this always catches up with people. And so I don't like doing rep schemes under six reps. You got people like doing threes and fives. I just think if you're doing that, I wouldn't do it very often because you're setting yourself up for an injury. Mm-hmm. Because psychologically, when you're not getting the weight like you used to get it, because you know some days you just don't have you don't have all the strength you normally have. You're like, I'm going to force myself to do it because I've done this myself. Uh, then you then you can get hurt. So right, right. Keeping that in mind, uh, and then another one is you know they're, they're drinking all these. You know, pre-workout carb drinks uh, in between their training and I'm like because they they feel like they need that to sustain <laughs> their energy mm-hmm. these, long, these long workouts and you know that's not helping them all it's just not right right well you know the other thing too Armin and and you kind of actually made me think of this is I've been in several gyms and you got guys in there no offense that aren't really good trainers. Uh, is that something that you've dealt with too? That's always going to be, that's always going to happen. You got new mm-hmm. people getting it that are excited about training people and that, and that's understandable, but they, <laughs> if the certifications did a better job with putting in sample, really good sample starting programs based on a person's condition. In other words, this person doesn't know anything. You know, we, mm-hmm. we should do this program this person's pretty knowledgeable or just, you know, things like that. Cause most trainers don't even understand how to deal with people who already have injuries. Mm-hmm. So they need to really study all these kind of things and then be real cautious about what they're going to introduce people to. So you need to do a little homework. Is this, is this exercise going to be beneficial? Cause I just see, I see a lot of trainers just do exercises because they, they saw it somewhere and they thought it'd be cool or it's, you know, it makes them look unique. And, right. 
you see that all the time. And I'm just like, you know, that's not, that's not being in the best interest of the client. And you need to design the program based on what the client results that they want to have. Not versus, well, I like doing it this way, so we're going to do it this way. So, I mean, I get that, but at the same time, is that going to help your client with where they want to go? Because if you want right. to keep the client, then you got to get you got to get results. Absolutely, and you know, I've I've seen that happen. I had a really bad experience in a gym many years ago where you know the guy really put me through the ringer. And don't get me wrong, it was a good workout, but. I was working out almost two hours and, you know, yeah. by, by the end of the first hour, I was done. He still had me doing cardio and all this other stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, no, I can't do this every day. But yeah, um, so that, that brings up another point is yeah. that what happens is when these trainers, they don't necessarily understand the person's threshold. So the next day they overtrain them so much that they're so <laughs> sore that they don't want to come back because the trainer's used to doing a certain amount of volume. So he, the person would think, well, this volume works for me. So it should work for, the, for my client. Right. No, you, you have to gradually bring these people into the program. You can't just put them in, you know, two hour workouts of scene. So that person was you know horrible, but you know, you need to do like 30 minutes to start them out with. And that's all mm -hmm. you need because they're, they're getting plenty of stimulation. It's all central nervous system trying to understand. And, they're going to get a lot of muscle soreness. So, you know, they got to keep that in mind. So Armin, when you're in the gym, you know, and you see certain folks doing certain things, do you make suggestions? Is it beneficial if you're in the gym? Hey dude, you're going to hurt yourself or, you know, are people not going to take this so well? I mean, I'm sure that you've tried to do this a couple times, right? <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I do it because I'm just I gotta I just can't take it anymore. So, so you have right. to be real you have to be real diplomatic right. um, when you're doing it. So you know, there's a couple things. I mean, and I, it's the same thing with trainers. I'll pull a trainer aside and say, you know, you're 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 new, you're doing things good, but that may not be what you need this person to be doing. So you you know, finish finish up with today. I don't want to inter interrupt anything there, but you, you may want to move on to a different movement for this person because. That's not mm -hmm. you know, their, their form is so bad. Anyways, so you got to be real diplomatic. Now, when I see people in the gym, I'll I'll go up and ask them, hey, do you, would you be open to looking at another idea on this particular exercise? Mm -hmm. And a lot of them will say yes, and I'll show them how to do it. But then I'll, you know, a few weeks later, you see them, they're, they're back to the same old thing. And it's like, mm -hmm. wow, I guess I didn't really get, you know, I thought I was trying to help got through, but yeah. so they just, for whatever reason, they, they just go back to the old reflex of what they learned initially mm -hmm. i'm just like oh unbelievable so that's another thing that's uh, another factor to it all <laughs> why do you think this happens so much i mean i i think it's because people like to be comfortable right so they like the repetition oh, yeah. and what they're used to being uncomfortable isn't good so they don't understand like to work out you want to be uncomfortable right i mean you you have to uh, um you have to test yourself instead of just going through the motions and think you got your workout in i guess uh but you know i'm curious uh, exactly why do you think this happens so much armin well, that's a great question uh i think it it just stimulates from two different perspectives one perspective is i want to be safe and careful so i just want to i don't get out of my comfort zone because i want to be safe i get that okay 
Okay. And then the other one is they're they're so fired up that like I'm gonna I'm gonna get some results and I'm gonna push myself and then they overdo it. So you, typically that's what I see. I see the two extremes. Okay, and then then once they start doing it and you know it, when they realize that that's not the best approach, then things start to improve. But mm-hmm. they have to acknowledge that they don't really know what they need to know, um, and quit looking at everybody else in the gym and trying to get ideas from people training the gym. I mean, right, right. that is a to me one of the biggest things that tends to happen a lot. Because I mean, I've, I got people imitating what I'm doing in the gym, which is fine, but they're not really ready <laughs> for what I'm mm-hmm. doing in the gym. So you need to understand your limitations, but uh, mm-hmm. this is where you got it. You've got to learn by getting the right resources, whether it's getting a good coach or if you're going to study the internet and do those things, that's fine. But just again, understand the purpose of what you're doing and build upon that as you do it. And then understand it, it takes time as well to get to the kind of physique you're looking for. Well, to me, it sounds like you could get pretty frustrated watching these people, but, uh, hopefully most will be open to suggestions or will seek out ways to try to help them get some better results at least. Right. That's what I want to encourage people to do is, you know, if you're not getting the results you're looking for, that's the whole point of this. Take a step back and reevaluate what you're doing because, you know, you look at what you did and then mm-hmm. is what, you're, what you're doing. Is it, actually doing what what you would like it to do and if not then mm-hmm. get some advice from a good a good coach and you need, you need to find a good coach or start studying this whole process okay because you know if they did that they'd get better results and they wouldn't be doing so much uh, people watching um because they have their own plan mm-hmm. um, and then as and then as you start getting results because like anything else when you get results you'll level off and that's called a plateau. And so then you got to decide, okay, what do I do to break the plateau? And that's why you need good resources. If you were to continue to make good gains and be real efficient with what you're doing with your time at the gym. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Armin, a lot of great suggestions and information. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is don't worry about the people around you worry about you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> have a good plan in place and, and, uh, you, you'll be all right. You know, you just got to worry about you, but you know, as we do this show, we do it for NSP nutrition and we appreciate them letting Armin and I do the show for them. Um, wanted to talk about one of the products that they have that has been out for a while, the alpha male complex. Now, a lot of people see these, uh, commercials, uh, on tv and you know it's it's quite confusing and tempting you see uh certain personalities and innuendos like she'll like it too and things like that and you know these guys are getting people to sign up for products but this alpha male complex is really a strong answer to a lot of those tv ads don't you think armin yeah, it's very comparable to what the, what the things you're going to see out there. Um, you know, the thing is, is it's designed with the, with different herbs to help free up your testosterone. So like Tonkat Ali can help improve your free testosterone by affecting the sex binding hormone globulins a little bit. So that's, the, you know, another hormone in your system right. that's, that's involved with, with using your hormones. So these herbs help to free up the testosterone uh, potentially. 
uh, as, long as, as long as you're eating right, you're getting sleep, you get all the mm-hmm. other things, just, just taking a supplement by itself and not doing anything else isn't going to solve that. So you just use that as a way to get a little bit more of an edge with your training. But, you know, it has great ingredients, has good herbs into it. I, I, I use it. I like it. Um, and so, you know, the thing is just try it and see if you notice a difference. And if you do, great. And if not, that's okay too. But it's it's well formulated. I like the components of it. You got the milligrams of zinc in it, along with these herbs and zinc support mm-hmm. for building testosterone, uh, things like that. And if you've been taking the hormone optimizer, which unfortunately right now we're out of, uh, yeah. is this a good kind of uh, yes, this new would be product to take just in case? Right? Okay. It's actually what. It's actually what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, there we go. There we go. Okay. So uh, I encourage you to take a look at the Alpha Male Complex on nspnutrition.com and stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition. And Armin and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills, and now we're going to talk about why margarine is not as good for you as grass-fed butter. You know, don't listen to the TV commercials <laughs> because, uh, boy, they're they're good at what they do. They'll 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 tempt oh, yeah. you, won't they, Armin? Um, man. Well, you know. So they have their own set of facts. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So this is really interesting to me. I wanted to do this. Uh, I, I'm excited about this part of the show today. So let's start with margarine, okay? Because that's where the argument is. Why do you feel it's not good enough for people? Well, for one thing, margarine's man. Anything that's man-made, very few things that are man-made have shown to be real productive for you know, nutrition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In my opinion, I mean, I've tried a lot of different right. things, but you know, margarine's man-made, so they they use a lot of different oils to make it because it, mm-hmm. it needs to have some. It's a fat to use it to cook with and stuff. But unfortunately, um, a lot of it still has trans fat. Now they're starting to take the trans fat out, which is good news. But there's no beneficial value of having trans fats in your diet. Okay, so uh, some of the studies are showing that it, it makes blood platelets stickier. Uh, increases your increases your risk for heart disease, um, and again, if it co- if it contains trans fat or hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated oils, mm-hmm. you have no you have no nutritional benefit from it. Your body doesn't even know right. how to break it down and use it, so it's it's worthless pretty much, mm-hmm. in, in in my opinion. So we'll kind of go from there. <laughs> right, right. That well, those are a lot of reasons not to, but. What about other types of margarine or spreads? Like a real popular one is country crock uh, that yeah. that they don't contain the trans fats. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but you, know, you have Smart Balance is another one that it's all about right, the cholesterol right. thing, and that's that's there's a lot of debate, and most of it's showing it doesn't matter. You're not going to control. Some of the debate is you're not going to control your cholesterol 
through nutrition. Okay, so that's a whole nother element to, to the mix. Right. Because your body right. regulates cholesterol because your liver makes it. Okay, your body makes cholesterol. So that's one thing that's been trying to sell people on is, you know, if you have butter or saturated fat, that's going to increase your cholesterol level. Uh, so that, that argument is starting to fade, but, you know, some mm-hmm. people still have that fear of, you know, high cholesterol because it's been promoted through the medical field so intently and then also the pharmaceutical companies. So you're getting bombarded with that. But right. the thing is, even though these don't have trans fat in them, they're still processed foods, okay? And when they when they make these types of spreads and stuff, they're typically using oils that they have to be processed to make it. So how much more benefit is that either? You know, these processed oils, right. are hmm. they're not good for you either. Um, let's just say this, that the, uh, uh, there's a, just, I saw a statement where the consumer council, the consumer council, which is a group, found that okay. possibly carcinogenic compounds can come from these spreads. So one is glycidol and okay. the other one is 3-MCPD. These are the technical terms. And they found them in the spreads and they, they did a test on 18 different margarine spreads and products. And they, they all contained levels of these. And so there's another possibility because the way they're made, it can be, right. be carcinogenic. So if it's man-made and it can it's going to give you those potential effects, why even bother with it? Why not do something that right. your body already knows that works? Okay. And it's been around, it's natural. So let's look at that concept versus stuff that's not natural. I mean, they also made statements that it can affect your kidneys. It can cause male infertility, oh, you know, stuff right. like that. So now these, you know, are statements, but at the same time, my point is, is there's not a lot of positives coming from it. The whole, only positive is you might get less cholesterol buildup. And I, that's debatable as well. Right. So there's very little nutritional value in these substitutes then, right? Yes. I mean, if you just, if you look it up, I mean, where, what are you going to get from You get some oils that aren't even good for you. Okay. I mean, where's the benefits? They're, you know, they're saying that they're probably unsaturated and, you know, that kind of stuff, they're unsaturated types of fats, but that's also debatable. You know, your body needs saturated fats to rebuild, rebuild cells mm-hmm. for cholesterol. Your body needs cholesterol, but your, your body also makes it. So how much is being added to it? So, I, I just think it's it's an absolute waste of money and effort to even buy the stuff and use it. Absolutely. You know, my take mm. Okay. Well, and a lot of people use margarine and why they started is because it's easier to spread. Um, that's that, yeah. that was like the number one reason. Like, oh, I can just scrape it out and this is easier than a stick of butter. It's hard, right? Um, yeah. But... Let's talk about butter. You know, Armin, uh, organic grass-fed butter is what we're talking about, right? Yeah, this is going to be interesting because I don't recommend buying plain butter. Gotcha. I'm not recommending that. So that's another statement we want to make here is plain butter is not much better either because of how it's manufactured. I mean, you have, um, well, anyway, so. Well, a lot of people... uh, May, may argue, could, well, what if it's like maybe freshly churned butter or something like that? Uh, what you're talking about is the man-made butter versus the organic grass-fed butter. Is that what you're saying? 
Well, it's not necessarily man-made. It's just okay. how they fed the cows. What I'm talking about is how they oh, feed the cow. Okay. So, because you know, whatever you feed a cow, that's going to be come out of the end product of what you're getting from the cow. There so you what go. What we're talking okay. about here is they feed him grains, they feed him corn, they feed him other types of feed, and, and most, but I would say ninety percent of the time, could be wrong, but these are GMO uh, type of ingredients. Okay. That's not good for you. So you brought up GMOs. What are GMOs? That's genetically modified organisms. And so oh. when they they have when they create these seeds, you know, to make the plant grow better, be more resistant to different things, you know, whether it be bugs or pesticide stuff like that. Uh, that's how that comes about. So um, you know, your biggest threat, though, in reality, from genetically modified foods, is they can typically have harmful effects because they don't know how they really react to the body. They don't know. There's not a ton of studies done on this. Now there's right. a debate on it, but you know, you got genetically engineered foods, um, and sometimes it can cause other other factors in, in the in the human system of digestion. Mm -hmm. Some of the research says it, can, it may lead to diseases, and you may become immune to antibiotics, which we already see that going on now. A lot of issues with antibiotics people get immune to it so that's a huge problem hmm. so i'm not a big fan of any it's fed gmos personally but not, not with what i know right right now when you talked to me about grass-fed butter i was like okay i'll try it but the flavor is the thing that blew me away so right. tell me about or tell tell me tell tell the audience uh what is so great about organic grass-fed butter all right. Well, see, what people don't realize is when the cows eat grass, well, people may not realize it. So when the cows mm -hmm. eat grass, that's a good thing because grass contains conjugated linoleic acids. And okay. that's an automatic fat emulsifier right away. Okay. So, and also it has, if you're, if you're look, even thinking about cholesterol, well, it has 40% less cholesterol than regular, than regular butter with corn fed cows and, you know, genetically modified engineered mm -hmm. foods okay so you already have less cholesterol to begin with but you have an automatic fat emulsifier built in with the cla okay and so what the cla does it basically accumulates in the muscles and that, that helps that can help with reducing belly fat decrease the size of the fat because it helps decrease the size of the fat cells i mean who wouldn't want that and right. enjoy the flavor enjoy the flavor of butter <laughs> absolutely i mean i I think the flavor is night and day. Um, oh, yeah. What about the saturated fat, Armin? What about that? Well, the grass-fed butter is rich in nutrients and beneficial compounds uh, like butyrate and the CLA that I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, high-fat dairy products, you know, have been linked. They've actually been linked to reduction in obesity, diabetes, heart problems. Um, and, you know, people have been eating saturated fat for centuries, okay? Uh, and if you look back, a lot of people lived to an old age. They didn't have all these cholesterol problems that have been right. created here. So there's going to be a lot. And there's all going to be back for debate. You got to see different studies that were done. But what people don't understand about a lot of these studies that I've been reading about is they were kind of manipulated by the pharmaceutical companies to help push using these cholesterol lowering drugs. They didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't give you all the studies. They just gave you the studies that they felt were beneficial. Well, now right. the government, the government stepped in and said, you can't do that. You got to show all the studies because they may do 10 studies 
two studies give the result they're looking for, and then the other eight will be thrown out because it didn't produce the results they're looking for. Right, right. So hmm. Now you have to show them all 10 studies. And it's, so that you don't see this happening now. It's a different ballgame. Well, and it also used to be where there weren't a lot of options with organic grass-fed butter and other options like that, but now there are. And, uh, you know, you should definitely try them. I, I, I did. I really enjoy it. It's just night and day difference in the flavor, uh, just on certain things I eat with butter. But as we wrap oh, yeah. up, Armin, in, any final thoughts here on margarine versus organic grass-fed butter? Well, these thoughts cover a lot of things. I mean, including margarine and grass-fed butter is if you eat natural occurring foods, Mm-hmm. Okay, that are fresh, that are you know raised in the right environment. Right, you're going to be better off long term. I mean, because your body knows how to break it down, your body knows how to absorb it, it knows how to use it. You know, you're always going to be better off. Buying a lot of man-made stuff is not an answer, in my opinion. So I've been doing natural occurring foods, and I I feel so much better, have so much more energy. Uh, you know, it is a little bit more involved to cook it and have it ready. Right. But it also lasts when you when you have leftovers. It's still in good shape, you know, and it's, it still tastes good. So if you do that, you're going to have much better results and probably a lot less health problems. And you're actually going to probably improve the aging process because it helps your hormones, you know, by eating the right foods. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, and I made the change and we've made the change in our household. Now everybody is eating organic grass-fed butter. I started it. And, uh, you know, it's worked out really well for us. So, again, I appreciate all the good information today and uh, look forward to more content from you. You know, you always come up with some great stuff. And we also rely on the audience a little bit, too, for this, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'd like to get input from them, you know, again, to keep getting any content that they want to hear. And uh, we do the research on it and let you know. Absolutely. And, you know, if you do like the show and you want to comment or offer topics or suggestions we want to hear from you first of all you can just do that by making a comment on youtube right underneath the show uh information there and you can Mm -hmm. comment there and we'll respond to you in a timely manner or you can email us and you can email us at support at nspnutrition.com and we'll get that information and include that in the show But Armin, another great show, man, and I'm sure everyone appreciates it. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they got some good takeaways. Um, But, you know, let us know about other things you're interested in. We uh, try to help. Well, Armin and I appreciate your support. Thank you for listening or watching the NSP Nutrition Show. And join us next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.